DeAndre Hopkins is known as one of the best off-schedule pass catchers in the NFL. Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it for a touchdown! Like the champ already, I'm away. I can feel it when I step up in the building, man. They know I'm feeling good. He's the guy in their offense that changes everything. Oh! A one-handed touchdown catch! Game so vicious, going hard when I'm in it. One-on-one, authentic. I don't see no competition. He makes every... What? He sure does. It's good to be back here on NFL Live after a long weekend. And because it's the NFL, there was plenty of news that we're going to dive into over the next hour. You see our panel here today, Marcus Spears, Tim Hasselbeck, Jeff Darlington, I am Field Yates. We're going to be getting with the news of the weekend. And that was the Andre Hopkins being released by the Arizona Cardinals, a move that was announced on Friday afternoon, officially processed actually just moments ago. Friday was not a business day at the NFL League office. The move came after the team was unable to swing a trade for their franchise, which was impacted by the fact that Hopkins was set to make over $19 million in 2023. He's now a free agent and immediately becomes the biggest name on the open market. The question might be, where is D-Hop's game right now? In the first two years he spent in Arizona, Cardinals quarterbacks threw 14 passing touchdowns with only two picks when targeting Hopkins. Last year, after a torn MCL plus a PED suspension, he had as many picks as touchdowns. His efficiency rates also took a hit last year. He'll be 31 just a week from today. Let's begin with Jeff Darlington engage some of the interest. Jeff, what are you hearing about potential interest in Hopkins services around the NFL? Well, first field, we should point out that DeAndre Hopkins now a free agent. So that means he gets to pick the team uh, as long as that team is interested in him. I bring that up because Hopkins has basically said that there are three priorities that he have. And you're going to get a laugh out of this because those three priorities are a stable front office, mm -hmm. a great quarterback, and wow. a great defense, which yeah. sounds like a pretty good yeah, list of things great. to pick from when you're choosing a team. Here's the deal. There are teams out there that would fit those uh, desires in the Chiefs and the Bills, two teams that we should be watching very closely right now as it pertains to acquiring his services. Now, you can look at a team like the Chiefs and point out that they're right at that salary cap. They don't have much money to spend, probably not enough to acquire him, but you could see some manipulation of Patrick Mahomes' contract, for instance, to get them to that point. The Bills, by the way, also in a situation where they could find a way. Those are the two teams to watch, but certainly not the only teams uh, after Hopkins services. All right, so Swaggu, as Jeff pointed out, we have the criteria. We also have the fact that it's his choice now, as long as there is mutual interest. Which team do you think would be the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins? Babyface, I got a question for you. If you were going to Vegas and you was betting all your money yeah. on an opportunity to win a championship, who would you put that money on? Well, here's the good news. Uh, it wouldn't be that much money. I don't have much to my name, but I would go with the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fit, bro. Like, listen, we, we are having conversations, and, and rightfully so, because DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent. But if the main priority is to try to win a championship, he should make that bet as well. Mm. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, and there's this narrative growing about DeAndre Hopkins not being able to cre create separation, and he's a, he's a declining wide receiver. I don't know what world that we were watching where we ever thought DeAndre Hopkins was a super separator. What I do know is, like I said a couple months ago, he's one of the best off-schedule wide receivers in the NFL. Now, you tell me this. If DeAndre Hopkins went to Kansas City and Travis Kelsey was lined up and you got Patrick Mahomes playing quarterback and you look at this roster and you ask yourself, okay, out of all of these people in the AFC, 
One, who are you willing to bet on? And one, who is the nightmare matchup? Mm. You would point right to Kansas City. So yeah. if, if the money is not the biggest objective for DeAndre Hopkins, if it's about a championship, if it's about being able to still go be dominant, and one of his criteria, I thought I heard correctly, yeah. was playing with the with, with a with a with a really good quarterback. Well, you got an opportunity to play with the best one. Kansas yeah. City is the fit for me. It's kind of amazing too how now with Kansas City being where they are as a franchise, two Super Bowls in four seasons, that they're going to always have opportunities. Anytime a notable player is released, he is going to be linked to the Chiefs if he cares about winning, and it may not be for top dollar. But another team that could be on the radar for DeAndre Hopkins is the Browns, as Deshaun Watson was asked today about a possible reunion with D-Hop in Cleveland. Me and D-Hop, we just naturally talk. We've been talking since, you know, the Houston days, and then also whenever he left for Arizona, we were always talking. So, you know, he's always been a brother of mine since I was coming out of high school. Our connection, our relationship has always been great. Uh, and I know there's a lot of things swirling around in the media of, you know, him possibly coming to Cleveland. And, you know, for me, my answer to that is, of course, we would love to have him. All right, a couple of Clemson guys potentially reuniting, Tim. And what are your thoughts on a possible DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson pairing in Cleveland? <clears throat> I think it would be great for Deshaun Watson. I actually think it would be great for... Uh, Hopkins. Look, I, I understand what Marcus is saying about the Chiefs. Look, I think you can kind of make that case for anybody that's like, hey, I've made a lot of money. I want to win a championship. Like, let's go there. I, you know, Field, you said it earlier. It's got to be mutual both both ways. Look, it typically is not Andy Reid's style to go after, uh, you know, an older wide receiver, add him to the group. It's just not, not typically his, his style. And so, Look, could it happen? Maybe, maybe it does. But I, I look at Cleveland and I think they need to win in Cleveland. They're under the pressure. Yeah. The AFC is loaded. And if you're Kevin Stefanski and you want to keep your job, you need to get Deshaun Watson to play well. He would make that receiving core better. I don't think that team is that far away. And ultimately, I think they may end up, uh, you know, being able to pay more money to Hopkins, which by the way, even when guys say it's not about the money, it still is also mm -hmm. about the money. Mm -hmm. So I could see him in Cleveland. Um, this is not a fight with Tim because it's logical and it makes sense. But I would think, I would hope <laughs> that if DeAndre Hopkins has all of those criterias with the way we've seen Kansas City be able to move money around and sign people when we thought they had absolutely no cash, that would be the place, man. Like, I, I, I know we can make this complicated and we can talk about other destinations, but m nine times out of ten so far, or eight times out of ten, Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the uh, in the conference finals. Mm. And then he's going to probably end up in the Super Bowl. Yeah. If DeAndre Hopkins wants to get paid, because he ain't like we're talking about peanuts, and want a chance to win a championship, and tired of carrying quarterbacks, that's another conversation. Yeah. He carried so many quarterbacks in Houston. He had to go and carry Kyle in Arizona. Man, come on to Kansas City and, 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 and fit in and just go catch for 1,000 yards and win a championship. That would be great for DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm hoping that's, that's what happens. Yeah, I will say, though, I did get a kick out of the criteria. It reminds me when you find someone who's looking for a home. They want a pool in a massive backyard with plenty of buildable <laughs> property. They want to pay about 10% of what the home is actually worth. Let's whip around the NFL and no dive doubt. into the top, some of the top stories of the day. We'll get to you, Jeff, and we'll start with the latest on Joe Burrow.
Yeah, let's start with Joe Burrow because we're continuing to wonder when that long-term contract extension will get done, likely this summer at some point. Duke Tobin, the team's director of player personnel, saying on the Pat McAfee show that he expects this to be a very big offer, highly compensated. Shocker there. Joe Burrow could essentially walk into that office and demand whatever he wants. The question becomes, is this going to be the type of four- or five-year extension that we've come to see from a guy like Lamar Jackson, or will it it will instead be something like the 10-year contract that Patrick Mahomes did, a mystery that will await the NFL offseason. Ezekiel Elliott still without a team, and I don't really get the sense, talking to my sources, that this one is inevitable just yet. I still think that when it comes to Elliott, this could linger into training camp as teams try to assess their running back position. So Ezekiel Elliott remaining on the free agent market, not feeling very hot right now for any running backs. And that brings us to the next topic. We're looking at Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Now there's been a lot of chatter about potentially this being one of those post June 1st designations when it comes to a release or a trade, but it really doesn't necessarily make sense that the team is just waiting until after June 1st to make this move. Instead, again, when we look at the running back market, when we see that it's dried up, the question now is, will Dalvin Cook stick in Minnesota? It felt often like a foregone conclusion that he would be moved, traded, or waived. At this point, though, there's still some wonder whether Cook instead will start this season with the team that he left off. Yeah, Jeff, Dalvin Cook's one of those interesting topics all offseason because, like, we've never really reached, like, the boiling point where, like, there was clear and right. obvious intent from either side, and yet it's sort of been floating there the entire offseason. A team that potentially could use the services of somebody like Dalvin Cook would be the Cowboys as their offense has undergone undergone its fair share of transition this offseason. That includes head coach Mike McCarthy, who will take over as the play caller after Kellen Moore was, well, fired and then rehired by the Chargers take on that same role. Here is both Mike McCarthy and quarterback Dak Prescott talking about the change. It's one thing to learn to play in the intricacies of play, but I think when they know, you know, we continue to anticipate when and where and it's going to be called. I, th- I think that's just, you know, stronger communication and connection that the quarterback and the player caller needs to have. It's really the things that we're cleaning up this offseason, and wh- whether it's been my decision making or the details within the play, just being cleaner and understanding that, like, that's why I'm saying purpose. Is when you went right. back and you looked at that tape, you could see that guys weren't necessarily thinking what I was thinking, and we weren't on the same page. And when all 11 are on the same page, and we understand why, uh, the whole passing game is going to be clear. My, my decision making, my throws, uh, these guys playmaking them, catching and running the ball, mm-hmm. all of that's going to be cleaner. All right, so Tim, Mike McCarthy gets what he wants in terms of becoming the play caller, but do you think this offense is going to take a step forward or a step backwards this season? I think it's going to take a step backwards, Field. Look, I don't understand this kind of talk about how this offense was somehow a disaster under Kellen Moore. You realize the four years he was the offensive coordinator there, there's one team that scored more points in the NFL, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs. Huh. So, like, this, like, you can run the ball all you want. That's great. The object is to score points. And yeah. so, look, I, I just um, – look, when I look at this scenario, I think we've got to understand what Kellen Moore actually accomplished there as the play caller. How good Dallas was offensively. And don't forget, in that stretch, there was a little phase with, with Cooper Rush, okay? So, I just think that this idea that, like, hey, we're going to change it, we're going to scrap it because what we were doing wasn't working – I, that's not what I saw. That's not what was proved on the, on the football field. So I, I think there'll be some changes, I, and I think that there'll probably be some growing pains with it. And I don't know that it's a good thing for the Dallas Cowboys on the offensive side of the ball. 
what Tim said makes a makes a lot of sense. I think for me, when it came to Kellamore, it was a lot of situational head scratchers, like continuing to throw the football against the Jacksonville Jaguars mm. and putting Dak in that situation, continuing to look the same when your quarterback is obviously not seeing the field and turning the football over. We can critique every offensive coordinator and ask questions of why, why they didn't do things. I think I, I agree. A step back from a statistical standpoint, I do think Dallas will. But at times, it was it was opportunities for this team to try to close out games from an offensive standpoint. And it seemed like it was all about scoring points. And I get it. Like, what the hell is Swaggle talking about? Sometimes in football games, you have to become a physical football team when it's advantageous to you. And I thought they missed opportunities with that with Kellen Moore. And then to hear Dak Prescott, that was kind of eye-opening for me, talking about not being on the same page which I think had a lot to do with Dak Prescott, by the way. This is not a pile on Kellen Moore. Dak Prescott didn't play well last year anyway to the tune of all of those interceptions. But I think if you can calm a little bit offensively, take some pressure off of Dak Prescott, because that's what you have to do. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Josh Allen. He needs to be in a play-action situation where the field is clear and he can make those plays downfield and every once in a while bring out some semblance of greatness. Mike McCarthy may settle this offense a little bit more as opposed to making it better. And in turn, that may end up being better for them in the long run. Yeah, I think, Swagoo, when we look at the overarching narrative this offseason, it's, it's been all about, hey, the Cowboys offense is going to change so Dak Prescott doesn't throw as many picks. However that happens, whether it's run the ball more or throw less risky passes. But here's the thing. At the end of the season, if we just look back and say, well, Dak Prescott threw less picks, does that equate to ultimate success? Can they do that and still keep up with opposing offenses, especially within their division? To me, it's not just looking at what the interceptions are that Dak Prescott throws. It's looking at the touchdowns. It's looking at the point totals. If this offense can get on the same page, it's not just about throwing less risky passes. It's not just about running the ball more. It's about having a cohesive unit that puts Dak Prescott in a position to succeed. Yeah, it seems like the Cowboys are focused on going from good to great. They've been in the mix. They've been in the playoffs for several years in a row, but haven't exactly punched through the proverbial glass ceiling. We are just getting started here on NFL Live, and now that Aaron Rodgers is in gangrene, both thought they should be primed for takeoff. But if things go sideways, what's going to be the reason? Swagoo has answers. Plus, Derek Carr went from black and silver to black and gold. One person from his time at the Raiders has been helping him in NOLA. Find out who that was coming up next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The finals are set. They start Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern on ABC with the gritty Miami Heat, led by Jimmy Butler taking on Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. The game is in Denver. Our Game 1 coverage uh, tips with NBA countdown at 8 Eastern. Cannot wait for that series. Today marks 100 days to the start of the NFL regular season. Plenty of action around camps today as we read and react, starting in Tampa, where head coach Todd Bowles addressed the team's quarterback competition. From an analyzing standpoint, again, it's, it's the grasp of the offense, it's the reading of the defense. It's not necessarily making the big play, but the right play. And then it comes down to moxie, and it comes down to uh intelligence in-game intelligence and adjustments and fits and film work and you can see who the team galvanizes around and, and who's ready to play the first game and you kind of make a decision from there but it's it's constant analyzation whether it's small or whether it's big it's constant analysis from now up until we name a starter all right jeff everybody is wondering who has the edge right now between kyle trask and baker mayfield Field, when you hear, when Baker Mayfield hears that quote, can you just picture him being, saying like something like, did somebody say Moxie? Moxie, like, yeah. Clearly, he's talking about Baker Mayfield there. Look, when I talk to people in the organization, when it comes to these two, Kyle Trask, they were saying, yeah, you know, we're comfortable with him eventually being the starter. And then when they signed Baker Mayfield, there felt like a palpable excitement that maybe they scored something under the radar here that could really work out. I'm not saying that they know who the starter will be. I'm just saying when you talk to them about both guys, it is very clear that they are more excited about Baker than the potential of Trask. Can't wait to see that one play out in training camp. Let's go to Buffalo, where offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey addressed the addition of first-round pick tight end Dalton Kincaid. We have to learn him, and he has got to learn us in a lot of ways, too, you know, within the system and within what we can do. And, and within the direction we're going and where we can expand things and where we can utilize him, how we're going to use them, where we're going to use them. That really is to be determined. But I do think as you go through the draft process, you're constantly evaluating guys in terms of here are the different ways that he could fit, here are the different things that we can do, a vision that you could communicate to Sean, Brandon, and, and those guys so that they can then make the best decision moving forward during the draft. Swaggoo, what kind of impact do you think Dalton Kincaid will have on Josh Allen and this Bills offense? I think he'll take pressure off Josh Allen, which mm. is what the Buffalo Bills singular focus needs to be as opposed to him having to do everything outside of Stephon Diggs when things break down. Dalton Kincaid is a physical tight end that can line up on the outside with great athleticism, which will in turn spread the field. It'll create some matchups for him, but not only him. It'll give you favorable boxes in the run game. And it'll take a lot of pressure off Josh Allen, which this team needs to be focused on and being more explosive. Let's go down to Jacksonville, where new addition Calvin Ridley is turning heads in training camp. Take a listen to some of the sound out of Duval. At the end of the year and even now, Calvin? Yeah. No. No, no sign of no. I just want to be careful with him. You know, he is coming off, uh, you know, he hasn't played, you know, in a while, plus the injury. and. You know, so we're just trying to be careful with him. He, he's done an outstanding job for us. You know, we just want to make sure that he's he's the type of guy that you have to kind of pump the brakes with. He wants to go so much and so fast and so hard out there at practice that we just kind of have to pump the brakes. But he's doing he's doing a great job. He's picking up the offense well. You know, the times that he's working with Trevor, you know, they're on the same page. They're connecting. Um, and those are good things to see right now. 
Big step last year, Tim. Can Trevor Lawrence lead, his, lead this offense and take yet another step forward this season? Field, I think you really can. Look, I, I actually look at this as like a year one to year two type of jump for mm. Trevor Lawrence because that rookie season was such a disaster. I mean, I think last year in some ways could kind of be treated like, like that was his first year in the pros with things, uh, you know, being coached around him the proper way and, uh, and then talent around him getting even better. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a big leap. Even though we saw a big year, uh, a big year last year, you saw improvement throughout the year, and I think we're going to continue to see it in Jacksonville. I agree with Tim, especially when it comes to Calvin Ridley, babyface, because I think he's a number one wide receiver. That's where he was trending before he had his issue with the gambling stuff. But when you look at Calvin Ridley and his ability to create separation, now you got him, you got Christian Kirk, you got Zay Jones. But legitimately, we were asking, who is the number one guy? And that's not to take anything away from this receiving core who played well for Trevor Lawrence down the stretch. But now I feel like Trevor Lawrence has his guy in the building and a guy that he is really going to build a great rapport with and have a tremendous amount of confidence. And this core now, this receiving core, can be a handful mm. for people. Zay Jones is fast and can create separation. Christian Kirk in and out of breaks, who is more of a traditional slot guy, which I think he'll have an opportunity to work that area to feel a lot more. And then Calvin really is your absolute number one wide receiver when he returns to form. And you got a tight end that can create separation too, and that's not too shabby. Trevor Lawrence should have a, a, a jump, like Tim said, from year one to year two. And, and based on having better personnel as well, as good as they did last year offensively. And while the AFC is absolutely loaded, the AFC South seems like the weakest division of the four. A chance for Jacksonville to kind of take that division early in the season. Aaron Rodgers is adjusting to his new teammates in New York. You may have heard he is now a Jet, but Tim says the biggest challenge is actually outside the facility. Find out what it is next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. My intention to play for the Jets. There's a lot of reasons why the Jets are attractive. A team like the Jets, who you know have always been the Jets, that's not the same old Jets. You know, this is a good football team. When you get older, it's fun to prove it each year that you can still do it. Rogers steps and fires. The beauty. It's just a matter of getting that done at this point. 
If you're like me, every time you open up Instagram on a weekend these days, you're bound to find at least 15 friends posting stories from the Taylor Swift concert. That list extends to the NFL as new Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers was rocking out this weekend over at MetLife Stadium. Taylor Swift, Tim Hasselbeck, I must ask, do all quarterbacks dance like this? Um, no, they don't all dance like this, but I'm pretty sure they're all big, huge Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of his dance moves, uh, you know, I can't really vouch for the dance moves, but he seems to be enjoying himself, which to be honest, I'm for that. I'm for yeah, players that's right. to be enjoying themselves in the offseason, so yeah. good for you, Aaron hey, It's May, Memorial Day weekend, getting ready for the summer. Good to see that Aaron Rodgers having fun. And what I have been told is the concert, <laughs> maybe not just of the year, but of the decade. Let's get back to football and swag. Aaron was on year. that. Aaron was on that. Aaron was on that power juice, baby. <laughs> That's what you get on when you had them. The when power you had them juice. Cars, I love you it. Get on that power juice. Start power dancing, juice of the Eras tour. Uh, Swaggy, what is going to be the biggest challenge for Aaron Rodgers in year one with the Jets on the football field? We can also keep talking about Taylor Swift if you'd like to, though. Yeah, I think I think the the beginning of it, uh, babyface and Tim, because one, the schedule is very tough coming out of the gate. So building that rapport with receivers, and I know what everybody's saying. Well, Nathaniel Hackett is there; they'll be in the same offense. And Alan Lazard comes over, and Randall Cobb. So you have some some um, some things you can revisit with those guys. But Garrett Wilson is the star of this football team. When you start talking about pass catchers, Miko Hartman now on this roster, Brees Hall. And the one thing about Aaron Rodgers that everyone knows, and Tim can speak to this um, as well as anybody, is the difficulty in degree of which he throws the football when guys don't think they're open, when guys think they're covered. Those things take getting used to. And I know that's why I was so adamant about him showing up in the offseason to get this process started. But when Sunday comes and the lights come on and Aaron Rodgers is in pressure situations that he's seen a thousand times in this league, he needs to have full confidence that his guys – are really ready to handle that pressure as well. And I'm really pointing at Miko Hartman and, and, and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is tremendously talented. I think he's going to be one of the top wide receivers in the league this year. It is different when you have to catch the ball from Aaron Rodgers. And the faster that they, those two get in sync, the faster this team can win tough games like they have on their schedule coming out in these weeks. So it may take a second for all of that to take shape. Listen, I know Marcus sees it the same way. I mean, it's hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are never getting back together, like like wow. ever. They're not getting back together. Okay, you got that field? Okay, good. All right, so that's not happening. Now, look, the reality of it is the expectations are so high as Marcus. I'm glad Marcus got it. There we go. So here's the deal. Like, the expectations change. Every single week is a huge week. There's no more like, you know, no one's really paying attention to your game. Every game is a big game. Yeah. You look at this conference, that's the challenge. The challenge is the conference. The challenge is the schedule. Just even in your own division, you know, the Bills have been dominant. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the game. You look at the roster that Miami has, the speed that they have. They are a tough out. Look, Bill Belichick is still the best football coach that's ever been on this planet. He's still coaching the Patriots. And so I think when you when you look at this, it's not the path that Aaron Rodgers was used to having, owning the Bears and beating up on a bad Detroit team and having, you know, mildly yep. competitive games against Minnesota. Every single week is going to be highlighted by the NFL, built up to be a huge matchup. 
and that that can wear on a football team throughout the season. I think that is going to be the biggest challenge because they have the talent. Aaron is good enough. They can be a championship caliber team, but the challenges are there big time in terms of how you can emotionally handle it. Good stuff there. Let's get to yes, a bit sir. of news here and we'll go to Jeff. And from what I understand, Jeff, in terms of like a mental mind state, Brees Hall is feeling 22 because he turns that age tomorrow. But let's talk about his knee. Where do things stand right now with Brees Hall and his ACL recovery? Tim got that one, by the way. Well, field some cautious optimism when it comes to Brees Hall as he recovers from that torn ACL he <laughs> suffered back in October. He was at least on the field for OTAs, really doing walkthroughs, not much more than that. Robert Sala has said that he's doing fantastic with his recovery. I am told, though, that internally the focus is probably more right now on a week one return than, say, a training camp return. I know they do not want to rush him back at all, but again, seeing him on the field, a very nice sign for Brees Hall is going to play such an important part of this offense. Speaking of important parts of the Jets, on the other side of the ball, Quinn Williams, as he tries to get a long-term deal done with the team, showed a little bit of disgruntled nature when he kind of changed his Twitter account, didn't mention the Jets, but ultimately Robert Sala saying these two sides feel like they're not that far apart in contract negotiations. We already know the three other defensive linemen have signed very similar deals to the framework we expect for Williams. So this shouldn't be a hard one to get done. I think there's, again, optimism that it will get done this summer and another important piece to this Jets puzzle as they pursue that championship. Jeff, I'm so glad you said the optimism, man, because one, the importance of a three technique, but also this is about program now. This is about longevity mm. and a continuation of those that young talent that you have. And we see the teams that have trended in a very favorable trajectory have been able to keep their core. I consider Quentin Williams the core of this New York Jets defense and the guy that they will have a chance to build around. This is one of the most important uh, moves for the Jets future-wise as far as building a championship program as opposed to just a couple years with Aaron Rodgers. And it certainly feels like this is more a matter of when, not if a deal gets done, but to everybody's yeah, point yeah, here. It's nice yeah. to go out there and get Aaron Rodgers and sign guys like Alan Lazard, but if you can't reward your best players on your roster that you drafted yourself, it is going to eventually create a culture problem. Let's spin things forward to the San Francisco 49ers because between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance coming off of injury, plus the signing of Sam Darnold, the week one starter is very much a question mark. Jeff Darlington digs in on the quarterback question, haunting 49ers fans this offseason. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The 31st season of The Ultimate Fighter premieres tonight at 10 Eastern. ESPN, all 12 episodes will be on ESPN every Tuesday at that time and immediately following that on ESPN+. Plus. You know, there's an old saying in football that when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. The 49ers learned that the literal way last year when they were forced to essentially play without a quarterback in the NFC Championship game when both Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson got hurt during the game. 
Christian McCaffrey actually took some snaps out of the Wildcat during that game and recently said that while he doesn't know who the quarterback is, he's glad it's just not him. Talk about Trey. I didn't get to play with Trey last year, but from what I've seen so far, Trey's been great. You know, he's been awesome. And, and obviously I've played with Sam, and I know what Sam can do. And seeing all the things that, that he's been doing, these OTAs too, I think for us it's nice knowing that we have – three great options and you know like I said I don't know who the quarterback's going to be and frankly my job is just to be as ready to go as I can for whoever it is but I just know that um, you know we're in we're in good hands no matter what and I pray to God I don't have to play quarterback again. The lowest drafted quarterback in the 49ers roster is of course Mr. Irrelevant himself Brock Purdy can't go any lower than that. Even Brandon Allen carries a higher draft pedigree than Purdy. Never mind third overall picks. That's right, third. Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. But the records show a different story. Darnold and Allen are below 500 as starters in their career, while Lance is 2-2 two two in his first four career starts. As we all know, in the regular season, Purdy has yet to lose a pro game. The only time he did, he got hurt, as we just mentioned, in the NFC Championship game. So, so Jeff, we start with you. What are you hearing about Brock Purdy's recovery? Because it cer certainly sounds like he's the guy when he's healthy. Field, any minute, any day, we should expect to see one of those maybe social media posts that you uh, previously referenced where you see a worked out video of Brock Purdy throwing a football. So 12 weeks after his surgery to his elbow, he was projected to be able to throw. That would put him at this week right now, the beginning of June. Now, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan have all emphasized that that sort of date, that timeline remains in place. So we'll see where he can go from there. It doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be ready for training camp or anything like that, but he can at least start lobbing footballs to begin the next part of his recovery. By the way, that means that Trey Lance is the guy during OTAs who's been taking all the first team reps. He's healthy at this point. Sam Darnold really getting backup duty as he kind of gets this playbook under his belt. But for now, Trey Lance getting his opportunity with those first team reps. Okay, I'll say it because it, it seems like nobody wants to say it, damn it. Brock Purdy should be the starter, okay? And, and the only reason <laughs> we're having this conversation about Trey Lance is what the San Francisco 49ers gave up in the NFL draft yeah. in order to acquire him. But when you look at Brock Purdy, he's the only quarterback on this roster to play in high leverage games, in high leverage situations. And might I add, he did a really good job down the stretch for the San Francisco 49ers. It was unfortunate that he was injured against the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought it would have been a really good game, and there were some opportunities for San Francisco. Brock Purdy is healthy. If he can get back and throw in the football and he's comfortable and the organization is comfortable enough with his health, he should be the guy to run out there to take the first snap. I know we have to have this conversation as football analysts, mm. as guys that cover the league, because Trey Lance was a three, you gave away three first-round picks to go up and acquire him. Yeah. You have absolutely no idea if Trey Lance is good at football. You do have an idea of what Brock Purdy can do within your system as the San Francisco 49ers, which is why he should be the starter when the season comes to hold if he's healthy. Market, that's an outstanding point. The, the, the reality is you know almost nothing more than you knew when you handed in that card to select Trey Lance. He hasn't played yes. enough football, plain and simple. It hasn't happened. And look, some of it's not his fault. Some of it's just unfortunate because of injury. Some of it's because of, uh, you know, a lost season in college because of COVID. But the reality is, is he has not played very much football since leaving high school. And so 
you're exactly right. Talk about pressure games. Look, Brock Purdy did it in, in big time moments. Look, I'll even go to step further. Sam Darnold has roughly eight times the amount of um, completions as Trey Lance has attempts in the last three years. That's including college and pro. I don't care what you're doing. Could be a, somebody that, that, that is a chef. If you don't cook, you're not going to be any good. If you're a teacher and you don't teach, you're not going to be any good. If you're a quarterback and you don't play quarterback, it is nearly impossible to get better at doing it. And so, look, I understand he's getting all the first team reps. That's great this time of year. I am not completely convinced that it's the best thing for him to be the starter week one to kind of hold over until Brock Purdy's healthy again. And what a fascinating situation this is. Usually when a team has this much uncertainty at quarterback, we're talking about them as a potential division bottom dweller. Instead, the 49ers might be in the mix for the NFC Championship a game next year once again because that defense is just that good. Hey, a former 49er, Jimmy G, has yet to take a snap with his current team, and there are already questions about his health. Coming up, someone here says you just can't count on Jimmy G. We discuss that next. Derek Carr has officially been released by the Raiders. To be that quarterback there for nine years, thank you. Breaking news, Garoppolo going to the Raiders. The marriage between the coach and the quarterback makes sense. Who's he going to be outside of the cocoon of Kyle Shanahan? Garoppolo will float it. He's got Kittle. And Kittle is gone for the touchdown. The Las Vegas Raiders sit here right now feeling like they won. They got a guy. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, get the silver and black back to where it should be. All right, so the Raiders replaced Derek Carr with Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason, but their new starter isn't currently available. He's been absent from the field during OTA so far and reportedly underwent a foot surgery earlier this offseason. You know, durability issues have been a problem for Jimmy G throughout his career. This is a player who has missed 31 games over the past five years due to a litany of injuries, including a surgery on his throwing shoulder and about four different issues with his right lower leg, including that foot surgery that we just talked about just a moment ago. I mean, look at this. When you have the body map out, you know that the player has been through some stuff recently. All right, so Jeff, let's discuss what that injury impact and history has meant as it pertains to his contract with the Raiders. Well, a foot surgery this offseason field has certainly put his uh, offseason into question in terms of how much he can do. The Raiders, though, at the time of the signing also put protections in the contract for Garoppolo to make sure that if for some reason this foot situation goes sideways, that they will have those protections. Now, I've spoken to people in the organization who don't feel like that's going to be necessary, that this feels more like a business protection than anything else. Of course, though, we can't take for granted the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo does have a history of injuries. So we will watch this very, very closely. We will monitor whether he's ready during training camp. And certainly the Raiders hoping that that surgery heals up in time for him to not only learn the offense during camp, but to be ready for week one of the regular season. So, Tim, can the Raiders count on Jimmy G, whether it's for week one or for the entirety of this upcoming season? For the entirety of this upcoming season, no, Field. Look, the reality is, is I mean, you said it. When you break out the body map to yeah, be like, good. look, here's the story. This is no, it's it just it it paints the picture, and then the, the just the hard you know reality of it. 
the older you get, the harder it is to stay healthy. It doesn't get easier the more injuries you've overcome. And so, look, you just even look at his time in San Francisco. If he were able to stay healthy, they would have never gone after Trey Lance. The big issue was he wasn't available enough for them there. And so I just think that that ends up being the challenge. And, and so can you count on him? No, you can't. You just, that, that's the facts. And that's why you got to have other guys ready to play. Well, I'm, I'm just ecstatic that y'all use that body contour, my body contour to show those injuries. <laughs> my body looks like that just without the injuries, man. Um, listen, <clears throat> Jimmy G availability, I, baby face, where am I supposed – is this Derek Carr now we're talking about? Uh, just or is this Jimmy still G. on Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, we're still on Jimmy G. Okay, listen, Tim hit the nail on the head. It's availability. Yeah. Like, we, we, we know that there's stability with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and McDaniels. We understand. I, I felt like Derek Carr was – they were too quick and enamored with getting rid of Derek Carr, who I think is a really good quarterback in this league. But when you look at how my excitement was in that uh, that video coming up, it was about the rapport that McDaniels and Jimmy G has. And Jimmy G is solid and surrounded by what we thought he would be surrounded by. You thought that the Las Vegas Raiders had hit a home run with what was available to them. But it's, it's what Tim said. You cannot count on availability with Jimmy Garoppolo based on his history. So I think Vegas is in a world of hurt when it comes to that because we've talked about this AFC ad nauseum. And without a quarterback that's healthy, you stand no chance. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, the Raiders didn't make a necessarily big financial bet on Jimmy G. The contract's maximum value, yep. not that expensive relative to quarterbacks. Jeff referenced how they can get out of it very easily, but it does feel like a big bet in the sense that they moved on from a known quantity in Derek Carr, who's a rock-solid quarterback, to a player in Jimmy Garoppolo who brings the questions that each of these guys has already referenced. Now let's go to former Raiders head coach John Gruden, who, believe it or not, has been working with Derek Carr as he transitions from that Raiders offense to the Saints offense. Carr and his now head coach, Dennis Allen, his former head coach as well, talked about that earlier today. Obviously, John's a guy that uh, uh, has a lot of experience with Derek, um, and Derek's had his most success uh, under John Gruden. And so uh, we felt like bringing him in, uh, having a chance to sit down and, and uh, visit with him as an offensive staff, with the quarterbacks, um, and just get some new thoughts and ideas, things that we might be able to implement. You ask everybody that was involved, um, thought it was really beneficial for a football team. I've just been a fly on the wall, you know, uh, you know, being encouraging and being a leader and doing those things when I need to be and saying something when I need to say something. But I've honestly just enjoyed my time just getting to be me again. Being in this building has been a, it's rejuvenated me. You know, it's been a breath of fresh air for me. That guy just sounds excited about football to be played in New Orleans. Tim, what are your expectations for Derek Carr in that new home of his? I think they should be high. And you know why he's excited? He's actually wanted there. Yeah, it's I mean, nice. And that's, that, yes. that'll change a lot for a quarterback to feel like the people in the building are there trying to help you succeed, want to have you succeed. Think about what happened in the end of last year. They sit him down with games left, basically, because they didn't want to be on the hook. They made the decision on him. Marcus said it earlier. Probably were, you know, made the decision too quickly. Like, I look at the last two years for Derek Carr, and he has had to lead through some really tough scenarios. I, I don't believe that'll be the case. And in a division that's winnable, I think we see a great year out of Derek Carr.
Yeah. Tim, I'm, I'm 100% with you. And the one thing about, you know, things that get lost with the New Orleans Saints, look, all the pressure is on P. Carmichael. We expect Derek Carr to play well. But also that's predicated on Michael Thomas. That's the one name for me that changes everything about what the Saints can actually be from an offensive standpoint. And we have to see what happens with Alvin Kamara. But Chris Olave, the young receiver, was promising last year. This offense is used to having success as well. And you also have Taysom Hill, who is a good changeup when used in the proper way. But Derek Carr walks into a good situation now. He has an offensive line. He has a run game. And he has receivers that can play at a very high level. And more importantly, Tim, to your point, he's in a place where he's wanted. And let's not forget, two years ago, we saw Derek Carr pull the Las Vegas Raiders out of the mud and get them into the playoffs. With all of those things that were going on with that organization and John Gruden and everything that was transpiring, it's something to be said for the situation he walks into in New Orleans, and I think it's going to be a good one for him. Yeah, can't wait to see Derek Carr in that new-look New Orleans Saints offense. He certainly sounds excited about it. We are excited about the fact that 100 days from right now, the Chiefs and the Lions will be kicking off the 2023 NFL regular season. We'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be a good game. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.